With the first pick in the 2008 WNBA draft, the Los Angeles Sparks select Candace Parker. With the first pick in the 2011 WNBA draft, the Minnesota Lynx select Maya Moore from the University of Connecticut. WNBA podcast brought to you by Sports Ethos and Outlet Pass. My name is Corey. Carissa and Bailey are here. Carissa, how are you today? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. It's it's another Monday, but I was off today. I know you were as well, so I guess I can't complain too much. Bailey, how are you? I'm good. Here. Um, yeah. Whatever it takes, right? Pretty much. I feel that. Okay, so we're going to kind of get into some of the stuff from All-Star Weekend. Uh, we're going to talk about the game first, because uh, I feel like once we start talking about everything, Kathy, that's kind of where it's going to be at for the rest of the pod. So, um, Bailey, I'll, I'll start with you. I know you said that your main focus was the uh, events and not the, the game this weekend. What, what did you enjoy most about All-Star Saturday? Also, Saturday was kind of cool, I guess. Um, I thought it was weird. It didn't look good to me, the venue, like on TV. It just didn't look that great aesthetically. Uh, I did appreciate them putting an emphasis on the young girls that were there. Uh, kind of um, trying to, I guess, to me, it came off as they were planning seeds for the future of the league, which I appreciate. And then they had the uh, some of the girls playing with the players in the skills challenge, which was kind of cool. Huh. Um, there were some pretty pretty cool epic moments. Uh, John Quill hit like a thirty footer to win the first round, her first uh, matchup. I don't remember who she was up against, but she was behind in the foot race and threw up like a thirty foot three and cashed it. So that was kind of cool. Um, it was kind of funny. I was watching with my parents and Rebecca Lobo was talking about Sabrina cheating. And she was just like generally hating. And I was telling them like, that's what Rebecca Lobo does. That's why nobody really cares for her commentary. And so that was funny. And um, aside from that, three point shootout was good. Uh, the uh, area Atkins really set the stage with a strong 24 in the first. And then Ryan had a good showing and then, they saved the best for last, you know, quickly stepped up to the plate and it was poetry in motion from that point. So, I mean, it was good. I, I didn't like what I was hearing from a lot of the people I know on the ground there. Sounds like the people there, the fan experience was very lackluster. Um, and as I said on the last pod, like I think they, there were some, candidates for the three-point shootout is the only one that's really easy to quanti- quantify. Um, I think it's the right word I'm looking for. Uh, you know, I think there were some better shooters that may have could have been there and made it a little more interesting. 
not that the, who they had was bad by any means, but you know, I just, I think it would have been pretty cool to see some other people there. Um, but yeah, I mean that it was, it was smooth for the most part. It was really short. It's like an hour and that was it. Um, Corey, you may know differently. The only other thing we're compared to is the NBA side, even though I don't like doing that in this situation because I want it to be its own thing. But is there dunk contest, three-point shootout, all that, like only an hour? No, but they also probably have double the stuff, right? Because so typically Saturday night is skills challenge, three-point dunk contest, um, Isn't there like a rookie sophomore game or that's, that, that's Friday night. So there's okay. also like Friday, Saturday, Sunday, because Friday night's typically rookie sophomore and uh, or, yeah, you're right. It's called rising stars now. And then they do um, like the celebrity game, but they also typically have, I feel like they're like, it, it's some kind of weird shooting contest where it's typically like, this is where they would typically get the W players involved in years past, where it would be like a a current player, a legend and a W player or some sort of mishmash like that. Um, Just so it usually ends up being like a two or three hour event, I believe. Um, Yeah. And it's got a lot more uh, flair to it as well. I feel like. It would also have fans. Like you said, like it's not even that the fan fan experience was bad. It was, it was, not pretty existent. much non-existent yeah i mean i guess you could go out like i know that they let it happen so that you could watch it outside on on a screen which i guess if if I, we're worried if we're worried about gun violence i don't know how that's any better than than having them indoors but here we are uh, i just yeah. but we'll get to that trust me we, yeah. we will get to that. we're not talking about that at the start because that would be the whole plot if we did but um yeah, Very weird look. Having no one there, yeah, I, yeah. I, I thought that was strange. Like, uh, I, I'll try to be positive and say that just watching the Quigley and the Quigley experience, and it was it was awesome last year. This is only the second of of the shootouts that I've seen live because it's the second one since I've been a fan. But like, just what really resonates with me is how positively Salute reacts like that, like obviously, but like it, it's just so wholesome and so fun and makes you really appreciate it more. Because typically, I don't go for any of the all star stuff. It's it's usually just, especially on the men's side, is just like empty for the most yeah. part. Yeah. But here, it's like they like you can just tell how awesome like it was and how mu- how many people were really just excited for Ali Quigley, uh, Curse's pick, of course, to win the contest as always. Um. So that was cool. I, I I caught the highlights of it. I, I like I said, I don't typically buy in, and then with how everything was kind of taking shape Saturday, and then going into Sunday, I, I was immediately checked out. Just I was busy anyway, but I was going to try to make like remove my plans around to catch it, and then with uh, with the Kathy of it all, I, I just chose not to. Um, but yeah, Chris, so what did you were, did you catch anything on Saturday, or, or what, what did you enjoy from Saturday? Yeah, Bailey pretty much summed it all up. Uh takeaways from that is just I just wish that fans were able to be in and not just selected media mm-hmm. but um other than that I thought it was cool yeah and then the game on Sunday uh we saw what Kelsey Plum get the tiniest trophy any of us have ever seen in our lives <laughs> but she broke the, the scoring record for the game which was really cool uh still dunked so the the kind of interesting juxtaposition of seeing her dunk in her first and her final all-star appearance were, were pretty cool and uh that could dunk too did she because i didn't watch the game and I, I did not see that on the timeline so that's good to know kind of sort of if you count it 
Yeah, I mean, it uh, went in. It well, went now in. I, now I'm seeing why we didn't count it on the timeline, but Bailey will always push the propaganda for NECA at every, at yeah. every turn. ESPN so. tweeted it. Oh, I stopped following ESPN. I did too, um, but... But yeah, so uh, I thought that it was cool. Like, I, 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 I appreciate the way that they are embracing the legends, and I know that Getting back to ESPN, they, they were they were pushing something afterwards that it was kind of like they they really shaped it as the changing of the guard and the league embracing it. I don't know that the league as a whole necessarily embraces it, but I think that that is the narrative you can write coming out of this. And I think it's actually really easy to write whenever you're seeing Kelsey Plum go off or uh, the weekend that Sabrina had or stuff like that. I, I think that it was a good step forward for the league in terms of the faces that they are starting to push. Speaking of Sabrina, though, I don't, I don't agree with Rebecca Lobo a lot, but she definitely did cheat, <laughs> and not on purpose, but she did twice. Imagine that, Carissa coming out and defending Rebecca Lobo. I can't believe we've seen this. I mean, she stepped over the line on the past, like twice. all the way over she the was line. Way over it. Yeah. Well, what can you do? I mean, the refs could have done their job. Um, well, <laughs> now you're asking far too much. Uh, anything else before we get into? I, I do think it's funny, Bailey, that I put it on on when we did last week's pod, kind of previewing, and I, whenever I picked Plum to win the three point contest because I thought it was going to be her way of shutting me up. Instead, she saved it for Sunday and broke the scoring record and won MVP. So, I, if that's what MVP, if that's what MV Plum meant all year. That makes sense to me because I don't think she's the regular season MVP still, but that was pretty cool. Yeah, and and she got a beautiful engraved urn for her um, for her efforts. A lovely little shot glass. Did you see the uh, video from her Instagram story of them reenacting it? No, no. So it's like um, it's like uh, Teresa Plaisance and. Derek uh, Hamby, and they're like reenacting it, but it's like with the smallest thing. I don't even know what it is in her hand, but it, it's it like a Capri Sun. Yeah, I'm about to say it looked like a Capri Sun or something. Why did Kathy have to help her carry it? Because <laughs> Kathy wanted the spotlight. We know this. Wow. That, honestly, I didn't have ill feelings towards Kathy before this weekend. That has changed quite a bit. Um, and that didn't help, but that also made it all that much funnier. So I guess there's that. So before getting into the negative of Kathy Engelbert for the weekend, I kind of want to touch on the positive things because she had a press conference uh, on Saturday. And two, there was a couple bit of newsy things. And she, was, they, she talked about expansion and kind of reiterated again that there's about 15 cities that are interested. They want to. She didn't put a number on it this time, but she said that she wants there to be a few more teams uh, by 2025 at the latest, but still planning on 2024. So obviously good news there. It's also just pure speculation, but any, 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 I'd rather hear that than any sort of like halting momentum towards the expansion thing. So I'll take the positive that I can there. And then um, the announcement that the flights will be chartered for the finals again uh, this year, which is obviously good news as as, as you said earlier, Bailey, or I can't even remember if that was on recording or not, but uh, at this point, just charted them all. I don't know why we can't do that, but I digress. Um, and uh, 40 games next year, which is a league record. Uh, that's obviously pretty exciting to me. I, yeah, that's exciting. 
I understand why we can't get a flat number of games from year to year because of how interrupted this season gets by uh, both the World Cup and the Olympics. I would say find arenas that are better partners and will allow you to book longer into the season because you see like the NHL that they only deal with the Olympics every four years. So it's not like an every other year break. Um, Their league season does not change its length. So (laughs) I I think that it just, it, it, it would just make everything make more sense for this to be standard, but that's not the point of today. The point is that uh, 40 games is increased revenue for the league, which in theory is increasing the amount of money that will be discussed whenever it comes to things like the next collective bargaining agreement and the next TV rights deal, which I'll just say that whenever we get another TV rights deal, I assume that we will start also seeing more static or not static, uh, consistent league seasons, because uh, I think as they become their own thing, if they're not partnered with the NBA anymore, I assume that uh, those, they will not be considered a throw in anymore. So they'll want some more consistency there. But uh, yeah, 40 games next year. I know, Bailey, you're the one that every, it seems like every time we talk about it, it's, I want more, I want more. And it's not just teams, it's just give me more games, man. So I'm sure you were excited to see 40 games next year. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I, the more W, the better. Yeah, no, for sure. So definitely pretty cool. Uh, Chris, did you, did you have any other positive takeaways from the, from Kathy's thing before we get into the negative of it, of it all? Um, those were the only positive. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I hear you. I, I agree. Okay, so we're going to try to keep it reined in here, but it, it, look, the negatives of Kathy's thing were pretty frustrating, right? So, um, I mean, it's just basic fear-mongering. It, there, there's no other way to, to put what she said because there's no basis for what she said. I know that she obviously has access to more data than I do, so I'm not going to sit here and say that I know more than her. But I would also think that this is kind of unfounded to say what we're saying here. Um, so this is directly from Alex Filippo from, uh, I believe she's from ESPN, correct? Yes. Um, so she, th- this is from her Twitter feed. I'm, I'm, I know that it's Kathy's quote, but I'm, I want to read it directly so that we're all getting it. Uh, so WNBA Commissioner Kathy Engelbert says that yesterday's Chance the Rapper concert at WNBA Live was not open to the public because of fears due to gun violence. She mentioned it as a concern when planning fan festivities for this weekend in general. Uh, she said, following the follow-up statement from Engelbert, to be clear, we had a fantastic weekend in Chicago featuring our first ever WNBA Live Festival, and we had zero public safety incidents. As a league, we take precautions in every location where we operate in order to ensure the safety of our players, fans, and staff. So... Yes, I understand that there was an incident uh, 4th of July weekend in Chicago. I understand that gun violence is an ever-present issue in our country right now. I mean, it's an epidemic at this point. I just think that this was bizarre. And I like, by that logic, you would have not had fans at anything. So it feels like you did not have a reason for not admitting fans or not getting a better venue where you could admit more fans uh, and actually getting uh wind trust where the sky play and where you had the all-star game. So instead of just owning up to that, it, it really came off like Kathy made an excuse. And rather than just making a normal excuse, she made the most fear, like I said, fear mongering 
excuse that she could make. I, it was very frustrating. Um, Carissa, what were your thoughts when you heard this? I thought it was exactly what you said, an excuse. Like, yes, this country has problems with gun violence. And, but I mean, like, the taste of Chicago happens every year, right? Yeah. I don't believe there's been an incident. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can't, if that was the case, there shouldn't have been an all-star game. If that was your, if that's, you know, what you wanted to go with. Yeah, I just lack consistency, right? Because, like, like I said, if and like you said, if if you're that worried about it, why do we have fans of the game on on Sunday? Shouldn't the same concerns be there? If the concerns are the venue didn't have the security, then why did you book the venue? Like, there's no like I I, I just there's no actual logical explanation for it. And at that point, why are you going to the most triggering thing possible? But Bailey, what do you think? Yeah, I think it kind of shows the organizational incompetence of the W we, we talk about it a lot, but this has been a point where it's been on full display for not only like us to see, but people outside of the W specter to see. And I just think it's such a, a bad look for such a great league. Um, and there, there were some more details that came out. <clears throat> Excuse me. There was a column in Chicago Tribune that talked about how the, conference that was going on in Wintrust, the discussions began before COVID and the contract was signed in May of 21, where for All-Star Weekend in Chicago, it was discussed starting in December of 21 and signed in April of 22. So they're not really leaving themselves a lot of time um, in that sense. And I think that's a bad look. You want to be on top of these things, I would think. I mean, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but we know about other league all-star locations years in advance and they start preparing. And I'm not saying we have to get to that point and make that one giant leap for the W, but like more than six months know. or more than signing the contract three months in advance. Yeah. 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 That's yeah. actually uh, like, it's two and a half months. So like she gave herself 10 weeks of wiggle room, which is to, astounding. Or, to organize a very large event with lots of moving pieces and lots of factors. And then, she kind of blamed those shortcomings on things I would just call talking points. I mean, really and truly, because, you know, Justin Tinsley, I don't know if you know who Justin Tinsley is, but he uh, writes over, I think, at Anscape. Is he still? Yeah, he's at Anscape still. And he's (laughs) the way he worded it was funny, but it was a very accurate point. He said, Kathy Engelbert referenced rap, violence, and in Chicago, she really put up a stereotype triple double. And that's essentially what it was. Like, I understand the concern, and I'm I would be happy for her to think about that, but also there's ways to minimize that risk and lower that risk significantly that you probably could have put into place if you did all this further in advance. Because, like, let's just call, it, I mean it. You know, summer in Chicago is notoriously a risky time from what I've always understood. But, like, things still go on. Things still happen. And you just have to take a few extra precautions, like, for it to happen. So, I I think she is leaning on, like he said, stereotypes and talking points 
to kind of gloss over her own shortcomings. That, that's just what it comes down to to me. Well, and like, how many instances of this have have we seen at any WNBA game ever? Because I like, I mean, I know I haven't followed the league that long, but I I, I feel that's like I'm saying, like, so like to just allege that that's going to happen there is just it, it just feels so unfounded. And maybe there was some sort of threat that we didn't know about. I, I can't imagine there was because I can't imagine we wouldn't know about it. And also, how long ago did this threat come? If there was one, because you never made the tickets available, so. Right. I, I just it's not like you like that, like so like I referenced the incident that happened a couple like on the on the 4th of July you can't even blame that because the tickets weren't available before that so you just made the conscious decision to not have it but her blaming the gun violence stuff makes it seem like she is referencing that thing from the 4th of July so like I mean it's just, I mean it, it's classic just stereotyping and and, and like I said, like you said, Bailey, if 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 that was a worry, why did you book All Star Weekend in Chicago? Is it because you waited until December and none of the other cities were available? Well, that's what I that mean, sounds like to me. Well, I have. I'm glad it was in Chicago. Oh, I am Chicago too. I'm just deserving. I, but I'm like, but if like, she wants to cling to that reasoning, that reasoning was just as present six months ago, mm-hmm. or sorry. The issue is it's also just as present every time you host a home game there or anytime you host anything there. So if you're yes. worried about it, why is it only selectively to the thing that you chose not to sell tickets to and then got criticized for? Right. It, it's just, it, it's bizarre. The math is not mathing. No. And then obviously the, the, the Twitter warriors found her political donations from years past. And we don't have Shout to out. like, we, we try to avoid politics on here, but uh, let's Shout just out say- to Joseph Zucker. Let's just say the uh, the ideology lines up. So, hey man, look, it. I think um, if I remember correctly, I saw Joseph say that it is, or no, I think it was Miles that said it was like um, antithetical, antithetical to the W, and that yeah, I mean it's. I'll bring up Miles' exact tweet because I, I actually thought it was well worded and it's wording it better oh, than me yeah. making jokes about it. So. Yeah, Miles is, is so good. Yeah, he said this series of GOP donations is antithetical to what a majority of the W's athletes stand for, though quite possibly aligned with several ownership groups. This disconnect is significant, especially when put into contrast with the activism platformed by the players. And then I'm just seeing some other people talking about how she lied like this person is from chicago said they lied on my city and i don't like that now she's playing in our face backing these politicians that go against literally everything w stands for yeah i I just it's it's weird um and obviously i don't think her doing that takes away from anything that she does with w in theory I just think it will sometimes lead to a lot of misrepresentation like this. I do think there can be a separation of political and business, but whenever you handle business the way that you did with that press conference on Saturday, it does absolutely bring that into question. Yeah, and there, there's so many people in here calling for her resignation and things. I'm curious to see what she says, if she says anything about this. Oh, I don't think, do you, Chris, what do you, do you think she'll even say anything? I think she might come out with a statement. I, I just have such a low um, 
I expect so little that I just assume. I mean, we don't even get announcements or, or like we get random, like even important things for the W itself announced on like NBA Today with 20 minutes notice. So I just, just the lack of communication is significant. And I don't think that I, I just, maybe I'm being too pessimistic, but I just imagine that she will avoid, or not even avoid, just not care enough to say anything. Mm. But yeah, well, the second half of the season starts tomorrow. So, or today when this podcast comes out, um, it's not even the second half. Most teams only have like a third of their games left or 10 games left or something like that. So uh, Bailey, what are you, what are you looking forward to most with the, with the return of the season? The sparks climbing the ladder. Okay. Trust okay. me. I believe I feel well, more optimistic now than I did it ever. Well, they're one of like seven teams that were five and five going into the break. So I, I, I get it. I, I, I'm my team was in the same position. And I don't feel as optimistic as you do, but here we are. Hey, I, I let me let me clarify just for to be. Let me make sure I make my point clear. I'm not saying they're going to win a championship. I have said all year I think Chicago is still going back to back, but I do think the Sparks could make a run for a top four seed. Okay. Yeah, I. I I think they can do that, and I think if they can do that, they can win a series, maybe two. But I don't, I don't, I'm not saying Sparks are going to win it all because no, I'm still firmly on board with Carissa Sky. <laughs> I can't help it; they just look too good. Carissa, I'll make you answer. Other than the Sky, what are you looking forward to most in the second half of the season? Mm, I'm looking forward to. The Aces finding their defense. I don't know where they're going to find it, but I hope you're right. Because I, I think no, they, I do. <laughs> they're fun when they're when they're clicking, and I, I really just want them to get back on track. So, yeah, it, we're, it, it's weird because, like, it, like I said, it feels like it's the halfway point, but really, it's just like another month and change until the playoffs. So, it'll be here before you know it. And, and when's uh, the trade deadline? Was it? Yeah, this week. So, yes, Bailey, what would you like? I was just going to ask if you wanted my <laughs> non Sparks uh, answer. Sure, I'll take your non Sparks answer. I was I was mostly just messing with Chris, but please. Oh, okay. Well, I figured it'd be fair. Um, as we talked about on the last pod, I'm very curious to see how the rookie of the year race goes down the stretch. Yeah. I think that's my biggest thing I've got my eye on. Yeah, it's. I think it's going to just get more and more interesting. I hope that people aren't just entrenched in in what. Like, I mean, I don't. I don't that's not to say that I don't think Ryan can obviously close it out, but I don't want anyone to be entrenched from where they were at the beginning because I think that this race is is probably the most entertaining of anything going on. I will say, other than my son, which, depending on the day, I'm I'm more or less enthusiastic on. Uh, I want to watch the rest of the year from Sabrina. I think that the way the Liberty are shaping up is interesting like like you said about the 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 sparks i don't necessarily think that they're a contender in any way shape or form but i do think that there's a chance that they could do something uh, of interest be back soon yeah so I, I would like to see what they can do in the second half of the season and and if they can maybe potentially win a first round series or something like that i think that, that would be really good for both uh the league and the franchise so um that's that's my most interesting thing but uh, we'll be back later in the week to talk about 
hopefully fun games. Obviously, uh, we typically rec- we typically come out later in the week, so it'll be like the day of the trade deadline, probably. Uh, I don't know that we'll necessarily... So if there's any trades, we'll talk about those as well, but uh, we'll catch you later this week on Revel Edition. <laughs>